Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Bringing you the latest from the world of daily fantasy sports and gambling. So you can stop Googling how to join a squid game to cover all those parlays you thought were such a sure thing. Now, sit back and listen to one of the sharpest minds in the game. Here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello, friends. Dwayne Callender here. It is Masters Week, and obviously, we have a tournament to win. So without much further ado, let's get right into it. Uh, I'm done with the Jim Nance uh, impersonation. Uh, I mean, honestly, the big story coming into the Masters is Tiger Woods for obvious reasons. Tiger is Tiger. You know, we all know what Tiger can do. But the reality situation is, is that, you know, we're all pulling for Tiger. But we got to be realistic in terms of how we're approaching this from a DFS standpoint. And this is actually one of the classic cases of sometimes it's better to do a bet than an actual roster construction for DFS purposes. For the Masters, you've got similar course structure at Augusta National, uh, but they did lengthen the course. And we do have the inclement weather expected throughout the week. So it's going to, it's expected to be wet and rainy in terms of uh, uh, the weather and also having wind, which is going to likely make this course even longer. If we're being honest with ourselves here, Tiger is not that well equipped to take on a longer course coming off of a major life-threatening injury given the extent of his injury. So let's be honest with ourselves here. This is not the Tiger of old. This is the Tiger of many injuries and not in form, just trying to get himself uh, into a playing condition. So I I look at it so that, you know, Tiger's not going to ride around the golf cart. That's just not the way he is. The body, we have no idea how he's going to hold up. Even if he makes the cut, we don't know how his body's going to hold up over an entire uh, four days of golf. It To me, this is one of the most clear-cut fades ever for a DFS slate. Now, if we're betting, we're getting plus money that Tiger makes the cut. So he's at even money to make the cut. And you just got to hope he can navigate to make the cut that to me, that's where the bet is uh, for tiger woods. I, there is no way I am picking tiger to be a top 10 or top 20 finish. I think you're being way too aggressive to make the cut at the masters. You've got 90 golfers and about 20 golfers who are so uh, far past their prime because they're past winners. And of, of course, as a past winner, you have uh, the right to keep playing for as long as you want at Augusta every year. So the field is automatically inflated due to prior winners just playing at the course, even though technically they don't have a realistic shot of winning. So re- realistically, you've got a field of 90, cut, getting it down to 60. You're you're just trying to beat 30 guys. And you already know that 
a bulk of those guys are not making the cut anyway. That, and that's why, you know, you could get a Bernard Longer or a Freddie Couples to make the cut because there's just not that many guys you have to beat. So that's why I look at it and say, yeah, could Tiger navigate the course, you know, get himself at even or uh, one or two under par and make the cut? Absolutely. To make a serious run at contention, I don't see how, how that's happening. Uh, you know, unless Tiger wows us once again and, you know, is sandbagging us, I just don't see how uh, he's going to hold up over four days playing consistently. And no one's going to say that Tiger's swing is bad or anything else. So, you know, all the reports are looking positive. The public is going to bank on Tiger. So you're going to see ownership from a DFS standpoint. You're going to see Tiger ownership be over 20%. To me, that's where, uh, from a game theory standpoint, not playing Tiger automatically makes you different in your 150 if you're doing 150 entries. Because in your 150, I can guarantee you some folks are still going to try to sprinkle in Tiger even if it's on only 10 to 20 lineups, they'll still try to sprinkle Tiger in uh, to their builds. And, you know, by fading him completely, I I think you get yourself at least a little bit different than uh, uh, some of the individual shit that you will likely be up against in a large field contest, uh, especially on DraftKings, where you you got a millimaker and a couple of millimakers, to be honest. By not having any Tiger exposure, I think that just automatically gets you different, where now we just have to start making some decisions as to who we prefer more uh, as we whittle down this player pool to be somewhere in the 33 to 35 golfer range, in, in my estimation. So all the way at the top, we're going to look at Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm. The reason why we're going to look at it is that for DFS purposes, people are not going to go to this range because they're all the way at the top. When you have loaded fields like the Masters, uh, the pricing gets condensed where you get you get top players like a Brooks Kepka, who would normally be 10K and above. Now they're 9K. So you can get Kepka, You can get Patrick Cantlay. You can get Hideki Matsuyama, who's won the Masters before. You you can get a, uh, a Bryson DeChambeau. You can get even Rory, while he got the 10K. Uh, Rory McIlroy is going to be one of the most popular plays, even at 10K. And it's normally uh, more expensive to get guys like that. When you get up to Rom at... 10,800 and Scheffler at 11,000. The salary becomes a bit too high because those uh, people are going to be looking to jam in uh, the 9K range as well as when you can uh, play a Tony Finau at 8,100. You got Joaquin Neiman at 8,200. Sam Burns at 8,600. There's so much value that you can jam in in the 8K range. With the 9K, like that's basically where people are going to live. They're going to live in the 8 and 9K range, and maybe they'll uh, put in uh, Rory. And I can guarantee you that when they play those builds, they'll 
throw in, oh, I'll throw in my cheap guy at, as Corey Connors at 7,600. Corey Connors is going to be one of most zone guys this week. As well, he should. He's one of my most popular plays. And at 55 to 1 to win it all, he's one of my favorite bets, too, because of his iron play. But the thing of it is, is that it's going to be so stereotypical when you just play the 8 and 9K range. When you go all the way at the top for Rahm and Scheffler, and I'm talking about playing both of them, it forces your construction build to actually condense. So I will have a number of builds where I'm playing Rahm and Scheffler. Yes, I'll play Connors. And then it'll force me to start playing guys in a much cheaper tier. And so you go below Corey Connors. Uh, uh, yes, you'll play Connors at 7,600, but like you're going to go below into the 7 and 6K range because you can play a bunch of great guys. Gary Woodland's only 6,900. Brian Harmon's 6,800. Uh, Woodland is 100 to 1. Harmon's 150 to 1. Guess what? You, you are going to see a number of names that aren't that much high. like Webb Simpson uh, Webb Simpson is 70 uh 7500 he's 130 to 1 Paul Casey I don't understand how because of his issues uh, with uh, with uh withdrawing from tournaments because of injury he's got back spasms I I think Casey's one of the worst plays betting wise he's 60 to 1 and he's 7600 I think Casey's one of the easiest plays to just a uh, bet to not make the cut and get uh, plus money on it. I I just don't think people are factoring in the injury issues. So to me, I think Casey's one of those guys you fade and you can even bet on not making the cut as uh, one of, uh, one of the uh, uh, props to, to do. But from a DFS standpoint, people are not looking at, uh, the 6k range i can tell you that because there, there's just so much uh condensed pricing you can fit in uh just a ton of value uh in the 9k range you play cory connors at 7600 and that's the cheapest you go so like you'll see ownership at with cory connors like be somewhere uh projected in the teens, I think he'll probably be over 20%. But I don't have problems with playing a guy like Corey Connors because I know he can win the tournament outright. So I don't worry about the ownership percentages for players if I think they can win outright. Now, if you're telling me that from a pricing standpoint, we're going to see, and I like him too. Don't get me wrong. I'll play uh, some shares of him. Uh, but, you know, I'll be lower in in most regards just because I'm not entirely sold on him winning the tournament. It, it's going to be someone along the lines of a Jordan Spieth. And, yes, Jordan Spieth has excellent course history at Augusta. Don't get me wrong. But Spieth is also one of the streakiest golfers in the world. So while, yes, I'll have some shares of speed, I'm not going to go crazy over it either 
by trying to match the field that's going to be in the teens with him. I'm going to outright fade Rory McIlroy because I think it's mental at this point that, yes, uh, he only needs the Masters to complete the career Grand Slam. He hasn't shot well at Augusta in quite some time. Yes, he's done it uh, in the past, but it's been so long now that it's become like Serena Williams trying to uh, break the all-time uh, win- uh, Grand Slam record uh, for women's tennis. Mentally, you hit a roadblock in some of the tougher matchups that you can't get over. I think Rory's at that stage. So, again, I'm not saying that Rory can't make the cut here. Uh, I would say that for someone like Casey, who has had injury issues and could pull out. Rory, I can see making the cut, doing absolutely nothing. And on Sunday, you know, he finishes somewhere in the mid 30 or just uh, into the high 20 range, but not cracking the top 20. And at the price tag of uh, some of these players, if you're over 9K, like, I need you to be in the mix to win it all if you're going to ship a tournament. You know, can you min cash or like do a little bit better than min cash if like not all the guys are in contention Sunday and they're expensive? Yeah, certainly. But I'm looking for win equity uh, with some of these plays. So give me Scheffler, give me Rom. I'll look at Dustin Johnson at, at 10,500. I'll look at Justin Thomas at 10,300. Like I'll live with that. I'm not as sold on a guy like Colin Morikawa or Victor Hovland. Even though they're twenty to one odds wise with the sports book, their games uh, around the green, I wouldn't necessarily say is that strong for this course. I don't think it's a great course fit for either golfer. So yeah, you'll have top players being owned, and to get different, I'm just gonna fade them outright. So I'm gonna fade Morikawa. I'm gonna fade Hovland. And again, this gets us different because you start out with uh, builds where you're avoiding Tiger, you're avoiding Rory, you're avoiding Morikawa, you're avoiding Hovland. You're already different than 80% of the field because I guarantee you, with the names I just rattled off, at least one of them's on most rosters because they're popular with projections and as you like try to generate 150 lineups with some of these optimizers one of those things is going to pop up so by fading them all you're already different from a, a lineup construction standpoint and you know we can see how it goes from there i, I think we're going to reach the stage in the nba soon where uh teams are going to be incentivized uh, I mean, in terms of, uh, like, uh, and by teams, I mean uh, uh, roster construction-wise, uh, when you're building out, uh, you're building out rosters, you're, you're going to feel a bit more pressure, I feel, down the line uh, in future years. Because I think this has happened enough times with uh, lineup construction with, uh, with the Masters that it's just so condensed that 
people just keep living in the middle. And I think eventually people are going to catch on that. You got to be a little bit more adventurous in terms of your lineup construction. If you seriously want to contend, but I would say like culling your, and it is a cull, uh, you know, uh, let's be clear here. It's like, you're 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 finding reasons to just knock uh some guys off tiers. It's like Terrell Hatton is a solid golfer, but he's not gonna be in my uh hundred and fifty lineups. Uh not because I hate him, but it's just he just didn't make the cut. And if you're trying to get down to a very specific uh number of golfers, you're gonna have to make some of those tough tougher calls. So my player pool is uh, right around 35 golfers and it, it's a pretty tight list. So I, I don't know what else to say other than you have to be willing to uh, go a little bit extra in terms of creativity in building out the rosters. Cause I can tell you that if you think you're, going to especially if you zero out the roster but if you load up on a bunch of 9k golfers play a core goners as your cheapest guy you will be duping roughly 45 to 60 percent of the field uh at some point it, it, it's just gonna happen because there's only so many options you're gonna go and you're automatically because too many folks are obsessed with zeroing out that uh, roster in terms of team budget and not leaving money on the table, you're going to dupe rosters. So there's no way you can solo ship a tournament uh, because you were that chalky with your builds. If you left a ton of money on the table, yeah, it's possible you can uh, get uh, a bit more lucky with uh, maybe a Francesco Molinari who's in uh, the 6K range. Uh, I believe he's sixty eight hundred. You can you can catch fire in a bottle and have him go off, as opposed to playing an eight k guy. Uh, if you max out the salary, uh, on your uh in your team budget. So, again, food for thought. You know, it could it could uh, not work out, but I I think you know if you're being honest with yourselves here. In terms of uh, your DFS roster construction, you have to be willing to be bold in terms of your calls. And so for me, I am very bullish on Scheffler and Rom. I'll play Xander Shoffley. I'll play Corey Connors. But I'll have a number of rules where sometimes I won't mix Rom. And uh, and Scheffler together because you may not need to go down that road uh, because even the folks that I know who are going to pick at the top, they may pair Rahm and Scheffler together. So, well, yes, I'll have some lineups of that regard. I'll have others where it's just Rahm. I'll have others where it's just Scheffler. And then we kind of run through the core uh, uh, core plays. Cam Smith, definitely going to be highly owned. He's 14-1. to one, uh, and one of the most popular plays to get it done, it's not a bad way to go. I mean, Rahm and Scheffler are 10 and 12 to 1, respectively. Cam Smith is right there at 14 to 1. 
I don't have an issue playing Cam Smith. I do have an issue of playing Cam Smith if that's all you're going to do, because if you play Cam Smith and you're playing Connors, right off the bat, you're more than likely uh, uh, to dupe. And, you know, there's always uh, there's always potential to get a little bit different without doing that much. And saving salary is one way to go about it. Uh, if you're ever uh, concerned about who's who and where, which way you should be going in terms of uh, looking for pivots, uh, slight salary savings at the Masters, I think, is and remains one of the most viable strategies you could ever do uh, for yourselves uh, with uh, your lineup construction, especially in majors where uh, the salary uh, undergoes a tremendous amount of condensing. So. In terms of outright bets, uh, you know, I already kind of talked about it in general, uh, but the outright bets that I would be looking at uh, would be uh, Corey Connors at 55 to 1. I do have interest in, you know, I I didn't talk about him as much, uh, but you guys kind of get a sense of uh, guys that I would be considering. Uh, you got Dustin Johnson at sixteen to one, as well as Brooks Kepka at twenty to one. I think they are both certainly fine and viable options. Uh, I'll be having a ton of concentrations on uh, John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler. So even without right bets, uh, it's not that great of a number. But uh, you'll ha- I'll, I'll throw in my hat there too, and then uh, basically kind of concentrating on. Uh, top 20 finishes uh, across the board between Rom, Scheffler, uh, Connors. Uh, they're all going to be in play for me, betting-wise, uh, to be in the top 20. And we've got different ranges across the book, so you may have to poke around between DraftKings, FanDuel, MGM, uh, uh, Caesars, uh, just to uh, spot out the best numbers, because sometimes you... Uh, might get some fluctuation. So this is definitely a case where uh, if you have access to multiple books uh, uh, where you opened up accounts to shop around and try to get the best number available before just uh, plopping down a bet, uh, like just offhand. So uh, again, a couple of ways to go. Uh, I'm not going to, like I said, I'm not going to go too crazy over, the technical aspects of like uh, the shot making ability of certain players, uh, I think you know would feels like the Masters. Uh, I try to focus on narratives and where you think ownership's going to be on certain plays that you can kind of get yourself away from. I think the Tiger News has everyone excited at you know as well we should be, but I wouldn't let the rose colored glasses uh, I get you off track for what you need to do to be able to build out a competitive lineup that can actually win uh, you a tournament. So that's why Tiger is definitely out of my player pool for me. And, you know, as you start picking off uh, some of these names in the 9K range, not because they're bad, but just because of you know they're going to generate ownership. If I don't think they have the win equity... I don't think you should be playing uh, a golfer above uh, 8,500 this week. If you don't think they can win the tournament outright, I, I just wouldn't do it. So 
that's all I have, but it's going to be an entertaining Masters, I feel, in my overall gut, just because of the Tiger news and how good uh, uh, Scotty Scheffler's been uh, taking over the world number one. I expect a strong response from John Rahm this week, uh, trying to put it all together. So we should be in line for some good golf uh, coming up. Uh, and obviously, we have baseball opening day uh, on track. So a lot of action to come uh, the rest of the weekend into the weekend. So uh, most certainly looking forward to everything that will go down. But uh, thanks again for listening. I'm going to get out of here. And best of luck to all of you with your contests and bets this week. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.